Hey, Badasses. I'm Kelly Young. And I'm Stevie Stays Kirsch. And we're your hosts for the Badassery Life podcast, a podcast where we feature the stories of women that make us say, that's badass. Through this podcast, we want to lift others up and empower all women to own their badassery life. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave us a review. We'd also love it if you would join us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Badassery Life. And if there's a badass woman you want us to know, email us at badasserylife at gmail.com. With each episode, we hope to awaken the badass in you by bringing you stories of powerful, beautiful, bold women like this one. Lucy Riles is a mom to four children, a wife, founder of Life of Mom, a virtual village for moms worldwide, and a badass woman committed to sharing her own authentic stories to connect with others. She's also a two-time published author and season one contestant alongside her Black Lab, Duchess, on Amazon Prime Video's new hit series, The Pack. So think Amazing Race, but with your dog, which we'll definitely get into a bit later. Yeah, Steve, you're a dog lover. You're going to be like all over that one. I know. I just want to focus on that, but I know we've got other stuff. To <laughs> He's cover. got so much else to focus on too, but we'll let you talk about that. Um, Lucy's also the youngest of 12 children. She grew up from the South side of Chicago. She's a graduate of Ball State University. She's also a content creator, writer, performer, and storyteller. But what inspired her to create the life of mom was her entry into motherhood. Lucy's first child was born in 2010 with a serious heart condition requiring life-saving open heart surgery. During her first five years of motherhood, Lucy was raising a medically fragile child and special needs as well as suffered the loss of her mom to breast cancer and her stillborn son. Today, she shares some of her truth and vulnerability in each story and post she writes. Her story is one of hope after loss, love after heartbreak, and having an inner mother warrior strength during life's most difficult times. Lucy, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you, ladies. I'm I'm honored and I, I'm truly honored that you I, I am considered a badass in the badassery of this <laughs> realm. So thank you so much. Yeah, you are. Well, tell us about the young badass, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> what was life growing up like for you? Yeah, so as you mentioned, I'm the youngest of 12 kids from the south side of Chicago. Go White Sox. I'm um, afraid you were going to say that. Go Cubs. <laughs> <laughs> you're so badass yeah I'll allow it um my yes I'm Catholic no there's no multiples yes it's the same two parents um those are all the questions I get uh being the youngest of 12 um and yeah my mom was 48 when she had me she had a home birth because at 48 in the early 80s it was considered too risky so a lot of hospitals actually like turned her away when she was pregnant with my previous sister. And um, so I, I even my entrance into life was very uh, dramatic and uh, emotional. My siblings all had the opportunity to watch my birth or wait downstairs and have chocolate chip uh, milkshakes. Um, so there's five boys, seven girls. So I am, I have six older sisters. And like you said, I, I had, I lost my mom almost 12 years ago to the date. And um, I feel like I have these incredibly strong, inspiring women that have kind of nurtured me over the last 12 years and helped me through this journey of motherhood. Um, so 
my sisters are my best friends. My brothers are my, we, we have a very love hate relationship where, you know, a lot of teasing happens, but I feel like that has given me a lot of um, grit in my life. Um, you know, speaking of the pack, we'll talk about that, but I feel like my childhood was good training for the pack because um, I had a lot of personalities and I was the youngest and I needed to be heard. And when the groceries came in, you know, mom was only going shopping that week. So you had to fend for yourself and get those sticks of butter, whatever you needed to eat to survive that week. Um, but no, I loved my childhood. I found it incredibly free and fun. I was that kid that you know, took off and didn't come back till streetlights came on. I knew every family on the block. Not only was I the youngest of 12, but across the street, the Coleman's had 12s. The, Car the Clark's had five. The McCarthy's had eight. So we grew up in on this block full of children. And we just like, I don't know, like we raised ourselves in some ways where we just like roll with it. Whatever house we were in, we just like, that's where we got our snacks. And it was a really fun um, childhood that I, I just, I really cherish and I, and I try so hard and it's really tricky living in Southern California and Los Angeles to provide that same kind of environment to my children, especially over the past year, because I really want them to kind of learn that kind of self-sufficiently street smart kind of you know, fight your own yeah. battles, figure it out, find a way, all of that. So yeah, um, I love that. I loved, I love my childhood. I'm really proud of it. I'm really grateful. My parents kept going. Like yeah. people are like, <laughs> well, kids, oh, da, da, da. I'm like, yeah, well, it worked out for me. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad they didn't stop. Well, and then you left Chicago and went to Ball State University, which is in Muncie, Indiana. I but sure after graduation, did. you moved out to LA. What were you looking for? What were you planning on? What were you hoping for at that time? Yeah, well, my experience at Ball State really um, was the reason I moved to LA. I majored in theater acting and my minor was telecommunications, which had an incredible TCOM department. Um, so I learned how to, you know, not just act and perform, but I learned how to produce and edit and write and, you know, create these different projects, film projects and kind of play all the roles. And we did a lot of short films and I actually won some awards in my senior year for, uh, some of my short films I made. So it was very inspiring to me that I knew I wanted to either do New York or LA and I went out and I visited both. And I think, um, I, yeah, I, I kind of felt like LA was a better fit for me. The ocean, just the nature element of it was really appealing to me, just being by the mountains and the ocean and having access to all that beauty as well as the entertainment industry. So yeah. that's how I got to LA. So Lucy, you also met your husband while you were out there. And I want you to talk a little bit about him because he's got a super interesting job too. <laughs> yes. So my husband and I met in a co-ed softball league. I was the veteran. I was a veteran player. I was the catcher. <laughs> yeah. It was a, it was a 16 inch softball league. So it, it's very popular in Chicago. It's like, you don't play with mitts. And, um, 
it's this giant softball. And so there were a lot of Chicago natives that had kind of transplanted to LA. So I was a catcher. So every at bat, I would tease the Cubs fans. I would, <laughs> this Mets fan comes rolling up in a Mets visor. I'm like, who is this dude? Um, and that was my little, did I know that would be my future husband. And, um, we, yeah, so we met, you know, in the softball league, it was funny because we moved out the same year, but we didn't meet until two or three years later. And when I met him, he starts telling me about his job and I'm, I had never even heard of this job title. I didn't know it existed. And he was like, yeah, I'm the audience warm up for the Ellen DeGeneres show. And I'm like, audience warm up, what? Like, he's like, yeah, I like rile up the crowds, which is ironic because his name is Tom Riles, but that's not a stage name. Like he literally riles up the crowds. And his first job was Hollywood Squares out here. And he's worked on- <gasps> Love like, Hollywood Squares. Yeah, yes. Oh my well, God, that's, sorry to interrupt, but wow. Yeah, well, okay. that's how he, that's how Ellen first saw him warming up was because she was a center square years ago. And that turned into like over 200 different shows he's worked on where he's, you know, warmed up crowds, emceed, hosted. Um, He's a, he's very talented, amazing guy. And we love Ellen so much. He's been there 17 years and has just, she and the whole, you know, staff and crew over there have been so incredible to our family. We're like, so very grateful. Don't believe anything in the press because my husband is like the greatest human being and he would never work in a toxic work environment. So yeah, uh, it don't believe anything. It it's uh they're the real deal over there. So um, yeah. we well, love being, we love Ellen. We love being affiliated with her and she, you know, she, she God loving like over the past year as an audience warm up when there's no more audiences in shows, it could have been very um, detrimental to our family's survival as far as um, income goes. But Ellen has paid my husband this whole year. He warms up her virtual audience from our laundry room. So um, we're super grateful because Tom knows a lot of audience warm up guys that didn't have that opportunity. So um, yeah, we're really fortunate. Yeah. Well, he sounds like a great guy too, but you're the badass that we're focused on. That's right. Yes, I know. I just gave you all this. <laughs> you just, you just gave up a couple of your minutes. Uh, yeah. Forget <laughs> that. That's, that's right. Um, and we want to, we do want to talk a little bit more about um, the work that you two do, but I want to back us up a little bit yeah. and not to get into too much personal, but what, what you're willing to share. Um, I know you and your husband went through a lot as well, personally. So you mentioned that you lost your best friend, your mom to cancer. And that was in 2009, the next year, halfway through your first pregnancy in 2010, you were told that your baby had a serious heart condition and, um, may not live your little heart warrior though, made it to birth and needed open heart surgery at three days old, which I can't even fathom. Um, and then that night, I guess, post-op, she flatlined three times in front of you and your husband. Then just four years later, you delivered your stillborn son in 2014, all very, um, devastating and hard, emotionally and um you and your husband have 
been able to be there for each other and not only be there for each other, but be there for other women and men um, through some of the work that, that you're doing um, as well. So can you talk a little bit about you know, how you survived through that, how it has impacted your life and maybe some of the work that you're doing now too? Yeah, so within like a five or six year period, um, some truly devastating things happened to uh, myself and Tom, and it was it, it kind of rocked our system. That was our entrance into parenthood. And not only did, were we told she had a serious heart defect, we were told she has a one in 2,500 chance of making it. They had recommended termination, but we're like, her heart's still beating. She's still fighting. We're going to fight for her. And, you know, whatever the fate and God's fate and will is, we will accept that, but we're certainly not going to make that decision. And sure enough, she, every, week after week, she just kept you know, cruising on by and her heart rate stayed strong and um, she was born full term. And uh, yeah, they told us the best case scenario would be she would be born full term but need open heart surgery right away. So the first 20 weeks of pregnancy, I was in this pregnancy bliss like most, most women. And, um, and the second half of the pregnancy was absolutely devastating and super traumatic. I was afraid I was gonna lose my baby every day. Um, but during that time, I was able to get together an incredible medical team that uh, took care of Barbara. We had a great surgeon and cardiologist and everything. So we feel really fortunate that we were able to kind of build up the dream team um, leading up to her birth so that when she was delivered, we had a plan. We, we knew what was coming and, um, did, you know, it was it we did the best we could. Um, and then, yeah, I, you know, going through that without your mom, like, I think motherhood is hard enough. I think it's really hard. Um, but then to add the fact that you don't have your own mom. And so many of us, our moms are our, our rock, our best friends are the first call we make, right? Um, when times are good and when times are bad. And to not have that anymore was really, truly scary and devastating. And then to go through this without her was really hard. And then I had another healthy baby and then I lost Scotland at 20 weeks also. So my two 20 week ultrasounds were very uh, <laughs> PTSD. Um, even for my other two healthy babies, um, it was really, really hard. So so Lucy, those are some truly earth shattering experiences. Are those experiences kind of what motivated you to create life of mom? And tell us a little more about what you expect that work to do for people. Absolutely. Um, when I was a first time mom, I, it was 2010. There was a lot of mommy blogs at the time. There weren't a lot of dad blogs. Tom created life of dad, which has over 4 million followers to this date, but he literally started Life of Dad as a Facebook page to update our family and friends on our daughter's um, health because I'm the youngest of 12. We have people all over praying for us and wanting updates, but I couldn't speak. I was in shock. I was in total trauma, but we had to get updates to our family and friends. So Life of Dad was created in 2010. And then I went through motherhood just trying to stay above water, you know, trying to stay afloat. And I remember in 2016, after my rainbow baby of hope, Katie Hope, who's now uh, five and a half, she came after my stillborn loss. 
And so I was starting to feel hope and joy again in my heart, which was something I hadn't felt for a very long time. And I was starting to see the other side of the trauma. And I, I always say, I wish I could go back to that new scared mom. And I always get so emotional because I wish I could go back to her, meaning myself at, you know, in those hospital rooms um, and just tell her she's doing a really good job. And I was so hard on myself and I would then go online and it would be like, feed your kids these 10 foods, otherwise they'll develop this or don't use these phrases or your child will become isolated as, a, as an adult. And it was like, oh, I better not use these foods and words. And like, I just put a lot of pressure on myself and I couldn't live up to all these standards and pressures that I was at the time reading online from these mommy blogs. Like, this is how you parent. This is how you are supposed to be a mom. Mm -hmm. um, and I couldn't, like, I was... Uh, I, I could barely produce any breast milk because the trauma and stress was so overwhelming. And then I felt like a failure. And, I, you know, when I lost Scotland, I relived every single thing in my pregnancy thinking, oh, well, if I didn't have that green tea, maybe he'd be here. And like, I just tortured myself. And I wish I had my mom and I didn't anymore. And so I took my experience and I, and I wanted to turn it into a positive. I wanted to help moms like that young me that was going through so much. And I wanted them to know that they're a really good mom and life is really hard. And all of our family dynamics are so vastly different. There is no right way to parent. You know what is best for your family you are an incredible mom. And that was like my whole foundation for life of mom. I'm like, this is not a judgment zone. It is judgment-free zone. This is a platform where moms can, can vent, can laugh, can cry, can feel supported and celebrated and maybe a little less isolated. And that was my mission in 2016. It is my mission in 2021 is and whether that's through humor, whether it's from a funny video my husband and I make, or a podcast or a book, or it's me just exposing my true raw self talking about some of my trauma. And I have found that whether it's your everyday relatable things, or the loss of a child, or the loss of a parent, the outpour that I receive from moms, it's so overwhelming and beautiful. And these are moms that have either private messaged me or left comments or, you know, asked questions anonymously on Life of Mom. Just like I, I wanted them to feel this outlet and feel less alone and less isolated because I think a lot of women suffer in silence. Nobody wants to talk about pregnancy losses and nobody wants to talk about the sad stuff. It's too hard. It's too heavy. And, but you don't want to inconvenience like people around you. So you just hold it. And it's really hard to hold on to that pain. Um, so for me, like that was always my mission and I'm really proud, you know, however many years later, we're still 
we have the same goal and the same mission for these moms. And um, I'm really proud of what Life of Mom has become and continues to be for moms all over the world. Like we get messages from moms in, you know, England or India or the Philippines uh, or Australia. Uh, so it's it's really been an outlet to bring moms together on a platform like the internet that brings so many people apart and wants to divide us so much. Whereas Life of Moms mission is, hey, guess what? Catholics and Jewish people have to potty train. Republicans and Democrats have to potty train. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's like, it doesn't matter what your background is. You know, we all have to potty train. So let's use this platform to give each other like advice and like ideas and suggestions yeah. and so things like that. Yeah, I love it. I, I know that was one of the reasons why we really wanted to have you on the show to talk about that. And and if we weren't doing this crazy uh, podcast through Zoom, we'd be able to like give you a great big hug and, and hold you. It. And, you know, you are an incredible mom. And, and I think the fact that you're sharing those raw emotions and your vulnerability is just um, a testament to your strength and your beauty. And, and I know that the moms around the world appreciate that and probably people who aren't moms are learning from you as well too. And, and you and your husband are doing the mom versus dad book and you have a podcast. So before we move on, cause I know Stevie is like chomping at the bit to talk about dogs and <laughs> you're like, um, and the pack and all that. But before we move on real quick, you guys do have a book, two book, two books or. Well, I am, I, I, uh, back in 2019, I published a pregnancy journal baby book called from belly to baby. Um, and it's like half, like your baby's the size of a lemon. Uh, and then the other half is like baby's first steps. And so it's kind of a book slash journal, um, really sweet, really cute. You can get it on Amazon from belly to baby. And then, so this past fall, my husband and I co-wrote a book called mom versus dad, the not so serious guide to the stuff we're all fighting about. It's funny. It's lighthearted. It's relatable. Anyone who's ever lived with anyone will relate to this book. You can get it on Amazon. Barnes and Noble, anywhere where books are sold. So definitely check it out. Great Mother's Day and Father's Day gift, by the way. Awesome. I love that plug. Okay, Lucy, we absolutely have to talk about your love of dogs <laughs> um, because I'm a huge dog lover too. Our listeners know that. Kelly's like, God, Stevie. No, so I love dogs too. <laughs> <laughs> and your Afterbark podcast and the Amazon Prime video series called The Pack. So tell me how that came about. Yeah, so Amazon was coming up with a show idea, like Amazing Race, but with your dogs, traveling the world, pre-COVID, by the way, um, where human and dogs competed as a team against other human and dogs. And apparently they needed a mom. And this casting director called me up and said, we need a mom. Would you consider doing this? And I said, no way. There's no way I could leave my kids. And then it was my husband who was like, I got this. Go try out. See what happens. And, you know, cut to two months later and training and everything, Duchess and I made the final cut. We made the final 12 teams. I was the only mom. Duchess was the only lab. I was about 10 years older than the rest of them. They were all like young, shape of their life, no kids, so they could put all their attention into their dog. <laughs> Meanwhile, Duchess and I were like, old scared broads like <laughs> out of our comfort zone she knew sit and fetch that's it and this dog blew me away 
Um, I don't want to give anything away, but let's just say I did not disappoint the mamas. I made sure to make the mamas proud and Duchess made sure to make the labs proud. It's such a great show, especially to watch with kids. Um, it's family friendly. It's super positive. It's funny. It's sweet. It's endearing. If you have a dog, you're going to love it. And it's one of the few series you can actually watch as a whole family. I've heard from toddlers all the way up to teens, all the way up to grandmas who've watched it all together and really enjoyed it and found their favorite dog teams and all of that. So that's awesome. I honestly cannot imagine even one of my four rescues being able to get us out of like a wet paper bag. So good for you. Good oh. for Duchess. That's amazing. Duchess was like rescuing people in earthquake rubble. Um, one challenge was that another challenge. I mean, we, I don't want to give too much away, but <laughs> she was a rock star. And, and, and I felt the same way, Stevie. I'm like, there is no freaking way. Like the first day we got to training, she didn't even want to get on an elevator. And this dog, this eight-year-old girl, she and I proved, and here's my housewife's tagline, that you can teach an old dog and old broad new tricks because we kind of rocked it. I'm not going to lie. Right <laughs> on. Proud of you. Proud of you and Duchess. That's awesome. And so we, di we didn't have the physical fitness like everybody else, but I had grit. I had those, those 11 older siblings that I had to like, you know, push and fight and make my voice. And I had to push through and, uh, it was, I thank my older siblings for all the, all the years of teasing that prepared me for this challenge. It came in handy. Yeah. <laughs> so Lucy, you've had so much, uh, that you've accomplished both professionally and personally. What are you most proud of? Of course, I'm most proud of my children, right? Every mom is going to say that. Um, but I will say that recently I've been really focusing on self-love and self-care, especially with this past year and the pandemic and how hard my kids just went back to school after 51 weeks. Oh, geez. So it has been really challenging. And I would say I'm really proud of myself in this moment um, because I'm pushing through a lot of struggles and challenges and anxieties that, um, you know, have kind of taunted me, uh, you know, for years and years. So um, to just really push self-love and self-care and take care of myself so that I can be a better mom and better wife and better friend and better human. Um, so I'm proud of myself in this moment in time. That's fantastic. I, I love that. <laughs> Lucy, as we close out the podcast, Kelly and I always like to ask about our guest strengths, because we think that every woman has a strength that is unique to her, whether it's strength of courage, empowerment, so many things. What do you think your strength is and how do you like to share it with others? You know, if I had to think of like one word to describe the past 11 years, it would be hope. Um, there's a saying, I don't know where it came from, but H-O-P-E, hold on, pain ends. And I remember seeing that after I lost Scotland and I was in the lowest place in my life. I cried every day. I never thought I'd feel joy again. Like I thought this was it. Um, it was a really dark place for me for a, a good amount of time. And 
I just, I, I felt like I was failing my husband. I felt like I was failing my, my two children that were there. And, um, and I, I was really proactive about my mental health. I made sure to get counseling and go to couples uh, grief counseling. And, you know, I just worked really, really hard when I really, really didn't want to. And when I got on the other side of it and slowly, like, I didn't cry every day. I cried every other day. And then it was once a week. And then it was once a month. And then all of a sudden I started laughing again, like genuinely belly laughing without like the afterthought of sadness. And I was like, holy SHIT. I couldn't believe like I got on the other side of it. Like obviously Scotland will be in my heart for my whole entire life. There is always a part of me that, you know, is with him. But the fact that I can continue to live life and find everyday joys and blessings is such a gift. And I share that with so many people when they go through hard times, like have hope, hold on pain ends because I didn't know that was possible. And now I'm living, breathing proof that it is possible to feel joy again after despair and hope after sadness and all of that. And, you know, you will genuinely be able to belly laugh again, you know? So I think, you know, I really um, lead with hope in my story, in my books, in my podcasts, in my Life of Mom online platform, in my mom's night out or coffees at Starbucks with a girlfriend. Like I really do try to, whether it's a large platform online or one-to-one person to person, I really try to give people hope and, and, you know, share that with as many people that will listen. (laughs) That's beautiful. And we're so grateful to you and for you for doing that for all of the moms around the world. Um, You have such a a beautiful soul and the fact that you share so much of yourself with others is um, inspiring and, and beautiful and bold and every reason why we want to feature you as a badass woman, because uh, that's badass. And um, <laughs> we, you know, we appreciate your time today, but before we close out for sure, like I want to make sure people know where to find and follow you. So your social handles and all that good stuff. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Lucy Riles. And then my online community, which I would love for you mamas to join is at Life of Mom on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, yeah, come be a part of our virtual village. We're always uh, looking to grow and help and support and celebrate moms in any possible way we can. And Stevie's gonna call you out on this because aren't you also royally cute dogs? Yes. Yes. So if he's like, where's my dog girl? Come on. Yes. So if you are a fan of the pack, I have a couple things going on. I have my Instagram, my dog Instagrams for Duke and Duchess, which is my black lab and St. Bernard. And they are at royally cute dogs uh, that you can find on Instagram and Facebook. So I also have a, another podcast called after bark podcast and it's co-hosted with two of the other contestants from the pack that um, 
we do this fun, super lighthearted, happy, dog friendly uh, podcast where we, you know, gush over how much we all love our dogs and how they've just impacted our lives for the better. So if you are a big dog lover, uh, definitely, definitely go check out After Bark Podcast. Oh, I'm on it. <laughs> I was like, Stevie, are you still here? Or did you? <laughs> I'm writing this down furiously. <laughs> she left our podcast interview to go listen to your podcast. <laughs> I was going to do a call in on her podcast. Talk <laughs> for hours about my four rescues. <laughs> no, we're season two. We want to actually interview um, interesting dog human duos and their story. So if you have an interesting rescue story, we'd love to have you on Stevie. Oh, girl. We definitely, yeah, Stevie's like, I'm following up on you uh, on that one. Uh, this has been great. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Lucy. We really appreciate you sharing your story with us and, um, you know, being a part of our podcast as well, too. Your story, like I said, is definitely one that made us stop and say she's badass. Yeah, well, thanks, Lucy. I'm so honored. Thank you, ladies. Yeah. And thanks to all you badasses out there listening. We'd love to hear what you think. Write a review or shoot us a message at badassrylife at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at badassrylife and on Instagram at badassry underscore life. Shout out to Kevin McLeod for our podcast music and our badass executive producer, Jenny Duran. Until next time, keep being your badass self. Badass.